If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Sandy Johnson, Edith Myers from John Carpenter's original Halloween, 1978. And I'm on the podcast with Don't Go Out There. In a world where zombies, ghosts, serial killers, and vampires all exist, it's Nico, Brian, Mike, and Dustin. And they are all that stand between you and the films that could end the world. Welcome to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Review Podcast, powered by the Big Three Roll-Up. Just want to thank all our fans and listeners. I really appreciate all the support. And we have the great pleasure of having a very well-known actress, best known for her role as Judith Myers in John Carpenter's original 1978 Halloween. Miss Sandy Johnson, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. No, 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 no. Thank you so much. This is this is amazing. Uh, we like to start out all of our interviews with just asking, what is it that got you uh, steered towards acting? I suppose it it started out with an interest in clothes. I used to love to sew. Well, I still love to sew, but I started out very young, five or six years old. My grandmother taught me how to sew. So I loved fashion and clothes. My uncle was in charge of a a beauty contest in California, and he asked if I would be interested in in being in it. So I said, sure, why not? Well, I ended up uh, winning Most Photogenic, and from that I got into modeling. I was offered some free modeling courses and stuff because of that win. So I just, I really loved it. Then in school, I continued into drama, dance, choreography. Then from there, obviously, into uh, Playboy and films. So, yes, uh, back in your days as a model, you made an appearance on the Sonny and Cher Comedy Hour with Joe Namath. Uh, You know, can you tell us a little bit about that experience? I mean, seeing that written down is cool, but it's even cooler to say that out loud. I can't imagine actually living through it. <laughs> it was very cool, actually. I really was a big fan of them anyway, so it was such an honor to be brought on there as a guest. I got to do some skits with them and with the other cast. All of the playmates for that year were on there with me, so we did some fun stuff, some great photo shoots with Joe Namath and the other people. So, yeah, it was very exciting. 
That's awesome. Uh, can you talk just a little bit about your experiences working on jokes my folks never told me? Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that role before you got the iconic role of Judith Myers? I can. I was, there was a, a couple of directors called the Woolery Brothers. I don't know if they're still around or not, but they were looking for someone to play a farmer's daughter who had an authentic Southern accent. So even though I was living in California, I still had my Southern accent, which I usually considered not a good thing because the kids would make fun of it. So in this particular time, it actually came in handy and it ended up getting me that role because I was willing to do the role, which which did have nudity in it. And also I had the Southern accent and that um, farmer's daughter look that he was uh, searching for. So that's how I ended up getting that role. And it was a lot of fun. We had a good time doing it. Uh, at the time, the jokes were considered cutting edge. And today, of course, probably no one would laugh. But back in the 70s, they were considered hysterical and, and over the top. <laughs> okay, are you ready? So if it's all right with you, I'd like to, to get right into it. The, the, the iconic role that of Judith Myers. Um, can you talk about, like, how did you get that role? I got that role because I was with the Playboy agency, and they received a call from the company that was doing Halloween, uh, the babysitter murders. And I was called to the interview, I think, because they were looking, most of the scenes in Halloween, of course, involved some nudity. So they were looking for an actress who was within my age range, who did not have a problem with that. So I think that's why I got the initial interview. When I got there, I read parts, I think, from probably most of the girls in the film. And they had me scream, which was kind of strange, considering we weren't, on, we weren't in a studio. We were actually in one of the houses because wow. they were already filming. Well, actually, they'd filmed every, almost everything except for the opening scene, which, of course, was my scene, they, they filmed it last. So it was just it seemed kind of weird screaming in a neighborhood. I kept wondering, what are the what are the neighbors thinking? But in any case, I, I thanked them for the interview, went home. And the next day or so, I got a call from my agency and said that I had been selected to portray Judith Myers. So that was a, a very exciting day, as I had not done a horror movie before, only comedy. Right, right. And, you know, we briefly touched on this, you know, before the uh, podcast. But, you know, we've had we've had Nightmare on Elm Street alum from Robert England to Heather Landcamp. We've had Friday the 13th alum. You're the first one that we've had the honor of of talking to from the original Halloween that we've had on the show. I mean, can, can you talk a little bit about anything that you remember from being on set or your interactions on set with, with a very young Jamie Lee Curtis at that time? I can. I remember that it was um, a lovely day. It was windy. The set was very busy because, as I mentioned, it was the very last scene shot, and they were having to take the house that had been all disheveled and old-looking that, you know, was – 20 years later, whatever it was, and make it back to the time when Judith was young and Michael was a child. So they were fixing it up. And so I remember they were just like going through and hanging pictures and fixing things. 
So it was very busy. Then there was um, John Carpenter and Deborah Hill, and we were going through the lines uh, with my boyfriend. And so we were sitting on the couch, and, and he was just talking about he wanted it to just kind of be fun and flirty and um, just having a good time, nothing too serious, just happy that my parents weren't at home and we had a little time to fool around. So, and my brother was around someplace. So I remember we, we ran through it a few times. They were explaining how they wanted it, the feel, the, the staging where they wanted us, at what point they wanted us to go upstairs and what order, etc. When we got upstairs, Deborah and John were demonstrating how they wanted the stabbing to take place, how they wanted me to turn around, when they wanted me to fall and how, and just all the, you know, the logistics of it. So right. I remember all of that quite well. They were very good at explaining what they wanted. I felt comfortable with it. Then we actually, we kind of went through it several times because it was a very long shot, the camera starting at the road, you know, it's super long shot. So we did practice several times, but we ended up actually doing only two takes. We got it in two takes. So that was pretty good. Then um, the first time that when we were going through it, even though we weren't actually doing the takes, I was still doing the blood pellets and the falls and stuff. And they were, um, who, I can't remember who it was, but somebody was wiping me down each time and they were kind of rough. <laughs> and so uh, Jamie Lee was in the trailer with me and she said, would you like me to help with that? So she was kind enough to take over whoever was being rough and help me clean off the blood each time between the, the scenes. So I remember her for that, how, how sweet that was of her and how much I appreciated it. So that's really the only memory I have from her that day on set because I obviously was focused on what I was doing. But that that was a, that was a fun day and it, it turned out to be uh, a good shot and of course I never really saw it until our premiere but it was uh, it was a lot of fun to shoot it was a little scary upstairs whenever I knew that they were coming up I could hear them coming up the stairs and and it was dark and I knew that they were going to come around the corner and stab me so <laughs> it was a little scary because everything was quiet this time so anyway yeah it was it was quite an experience Oh, wow, I can imagine. <laughs> um, it, it, so was there a realization or this this moment maybe uh, sometime between 78 and, and even now that where, where you realize, OK, wow, Halloween is this huge, gigantic success. And I was part of that and, and, and everything that kind of comes along with that. Well, the interesting thing was when I left. California. I left California and left acting and all of that because my parents passed away and I was still very young and it was I was really close to my parents. So this was a really hard time for me. So I ended up just kind of dropping everything and I just left. I ended up first in Oregon for a little while and then I came back to Texas where the rest of my family was at the time. I still had four sisters. Uh, uncles and aunts and stuff. So I, I came back here. I ended up deciding to be a teacher. 
I ended up teaching for quite a while, science teacher, special needs kids. And then I, um, I ended up retiring from that a few years ago. Congratulations. So just, you know, kind of living life. And I had, I, I make bling and some other things. I'm a seamstress. So I was still doing some things for people, awesome. but I really, I really had left acting behind, really hadn't thought much about it, never really went to see any other movies related to Halloween. So I, I just kind of left all of that. And then one night I was playing words with friends, with my best friend, and I got this text from a man named Rick and Reeks. And I thought, that's weird. I don't know who this is. And he asked me, if I was the Sandy Johnson that had been in Halloween. And I just thought, wow, that's a really random question that I right. hadn't thought about for years. <laughs> and right. so I said, yes, who is this? And he explained to me that he was an agent and that he'd been looking for me for a long time. And he was, he said, you can't hear me, but I'm hooping and hollering right now. <laughs> and so I really didn't have any idea that Halloween was a big success known around the world. I had no idea. Oh, wow. So he started to tell me this and he said, do you realize that you have thousands of fans that Halloween is that Halloween one is really an iconic film right. that fans would love to meet you? And I'm just thinking, who is this guy? Why is he getting a hold of me? I really I really just thought he was some nut coming across my social media in the middle of the night. But he said, look, um, you can go to my Facebook. You can see my company, Iconic Ink Management. You'll see that I handle over 100 other clients. And you can just start looking and Googling Halloween and see for yourself. Google your name. So I said, OK, I'll do that. So I finished my game with my friend and I just started to do that. And I just, I mean, I was just like, oh my God, this guy is telling me the truth. Wow. So it was, it was just like an overnight thing. I went from having no clue to finding out that there were fans worldwide for Halloween, that it had become an iconic film that, I mean, it was just like, wow. Um, so I woke up in the morning and it was, it was still real. It was still on Facebook. And stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so. it's, this is a, this is a really a question. It was just more of a, I just wanted to, to state that, um, a Carrie Hinn that played Newt, uh, the little girl on aliens, uh, the second aliens, um, she kind of followed. It sounds like a lot of, we interviewed her and, and it sounds like a lot of the same path that you did. She she got out of acting um, pretty much after that role and she went into teaching. Um, she's she's not retired yet, but I think, you know, she's pretty close. And and she went about the same way. She just just now started realizing that people still love that movie and and kind of got on a cameo, I think, to 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 talk to her fans and stuff. So that's that's really neat that you guys kind of parallel uh, a lot of the same a lot of the same path there. Yeah, that is interesting. I, I A lot of the people actually didn't believe me when the first article came out. Um, Dread, Dread Central, I think, did the first article. 
And I mean, some of the people in the comments said, oh, that can't be. Surely she knew and all of this. And it, it was the truth. I mean, <laughs> I, I had no idea. I just there was no reason really for me to know. I was just in a totally different uh, path in life and mostly just concerned about uh, raising kids and teaching kids, not right. hormones. Right. <laughs> Miss Andy, uh, you kind of touched on this a little bit, but I'm just kind of curious. Uh, can you talk to us about your experience at horror conventions? You know, you said you were pretty clueless of how big Halloween had gotten. How did it make you feel, uh, you know, when you're sitting at your booth and you have a line full of fans? And if you don't mind, do you have any any funny stories, maybe your funniest or your weirdest thing that you've ever seen at a convention? <laughs> well, I just, when I... I mean, I had never really even heard of a horror convention, so I really didn't really know what to expect. I Googled it some, and I sort of got a feel for it, but I had no idea that when I got there that people were going to be lined around the Pasadena Convention Center and that there were going to be so many people. And when I went in... I saw that they had set up a table for me with a poster and a banner and photos and everything. And when I sat down and they opened the door, it was just like this rush of energy. And all of these people just were just like walking so fast and, you know, going to the lines they wanted to go to. And my line just got really long, really fast. And I was just looking, I was leaning out, looking down this long line of people and just going, oh my God, this is so crazy that all these people have come here to see me. And it was, it was one of the more amazing days in my life. I mean, I never felt there was so much love. I mean, I got so many hugs. Everybody was so happy to meet me. It, it was truly amazing. And I had the best time. My agent, when it was finished after a couple of days, he said, well, he said, you know, not everybody wants to do these after they've done one. So, you know, what are your thoughts? Do you want to do another one or not? I said, hell yeah. I love it. I'm going to love this. Absolutely. So I do love it. I'm continuing to love it. Hey, and I'm not where I can give you a hug, but that's about how I acted when uh, Nico texted me and said, well, you know, we got Sandy Johnson from from Halloween. And I was like, what? Wait, what? Really? I was <laughs> I was I was super impressed. I was, I was fanboying out there for, for sure. Cool. <laughs> well, I guess um, the funniest stories have been you said something funny. I guess the funniest stories have been the, the fanboys that have come up and just blurted out something totally inappropriate oh, <laughs> because, wow. and then they're like and then they're like turning red and purple and, oh my god i'm so sorry and it was just i guess those were some of the funniest times was just watching the fans um i don't know they're just they're great i love them uh, okay, so stepping away from Halloween just a little bit, and for a second anyway, um, you followed up Halloween with 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 kind of some comedic roles. Um, you, you did Gas Pump Girls and uh, Hots, but uh, in Gas Pump Girls, you co-starred with uh, Kirsten Baker from Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. Can you talk a little bit about that? That's really cool. Yes, Gas Pump Girls was totally fun to make. We had a blast. Kirsten was absolutely precious. All the other all the other girls on there were so fun. The guys were funny. 
the the script I thought was was lighthearted and fun. Just a silly story, you know, about Saudi Arabian Arabian uh, oil mogul who just is trying to bully a guy, just a small guy that owns a gas station, her uncle. So it was just a fun film. We had a lot of fun. There was lots of music on set with dancing. And yeah, it was it was great. I loved uh, I still love comedy. So it was a lot of fun to have a good role in that. I had a I had a very good role in it. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I was happy to have uh, have been able to do that one. Um, well, in answer to your question, your other question, POTS. And that one was also fun about sororities. So if people haven't seen that one, that's another lighthearted one. Also had a good role in some fun stuff. So it's it's a good one. Yeah. And you, and you talked you touched on this a little bit and you talked about your long hiatus uh, to teach and, and all is is, you know, when you were when you found yourself looking to get back into acting. I mean, is that something that always sticks with you or did you find yourself touching base with an acting coach to kind of hone your skills back in or anything like that? I definitely felt that at first I was just doing the cons and people wanted me to do social media so that I went on and I did Instagram and, and Facebook and I've just got so many friends and fans on there now. So then they started saying, well, you should make another film. So I thought about it and I said, well, you know what? I'm not dead yet. <laughs> and so I, um, I did. I reached out. I found a coach who's in Hollywood. His name's Gabriel. He's excellent. He's a fabulous actor and a wonderful coach. So I have been working with him virtually now for a couple of years, which has been a ton of fun. And I have done one cameo so far that's actually been filmed. I was supposed to do a part in a film in UK last year, but of course we all know what happened to that. I am supposed to do it this year, fingers crossed, that I get to go to UK this time for the love of horror and to do that film right before that convention. And then I have some other um directors that are interested i can't really talk about those yet but i think there'll be some more films coming up so yeah i'm definitely working on it and uh, trying to get get ready for those awesome awesome yeah uh maybe this these might be some of the productions you can't even talk about yet but it looks like you have two projects either filming or in pre-production uh volps lust for revenge and creeps at the gym uh, is there anything you can tell us about your involvement with those, or is that still hush-hush, secret-secret? No, I can talk about those two. The the Volps Lust for Revenge is is part two of Volps the Prologue, right. and the director is Hungarian. The movie's Hungarian, and he sent me a clip. Well, actually, the full clip of the prologue, and I looked at it and I thought, wow, this is really good. The cinematography was great. The story was great. It's about a man who, who gets revenge on animal abusers. And being a tremendous uh, an animal lover, I just thought, wow, that's an interesting story. If you're going right. to get even with somebody, there's one for you. There you go. So anyway, the acting was so good. I just I just thought it was excellent. So I wrote it back and I said, wow, thanks for sharing that with me. That That's excellent. I really loved it. So he said, well, how would you like to do a cameo in the next um, the next step of it 
which is going to be Volpe's The Lust for Revenge. And I said, you know, I would love that. It's a, it's a great film. So that's what happened. I end up playing the mother in a um, video chat. I'm talking to my son, who unfortunately is one of those animal abusers. <laughs> but uh, I miss I play his mother for this video chat. So it was a lot of fun to do. And I, I'm pretty sure that the film is going to be very good. So I'm looking forward to that coming out maybe later this year, maybe early next year. It's still they're filming it now. The other one, Jim Creeps, that is a working title. I don't know what the final title will be, okay. but it's it's being done by Great Northern Productions as a UK company. They also did a film called Pumpkins, which can be seen on Amazon Prime, I believe. Good film. I enjoyed it okay. also. And a fun, kind of interesting film. So anyway, they got a hold of me. I also watched their film, really liked it. And they said that they had written a role for me in it with me in mind. And that um, I would be a, a massage therapist and a kind of a, um, what's the word, kind of a hippie kind of crazy not everything <laughs> in your head kind of girl <laughs> okay and so i said well, that sounds like fun i could do that so that's the one that i'm waiting to see what's going to happen with the uk so anyway those are the two things that i definitely have lined up awesome i, I hate to bring up halloween again but i, I just have to ask you because uh, I listened to a couple other interviews you've done, and I would like our audience to be able to hear this as well. Uh, what was the process of the producers, directors from the Halloween 2018 seeking you out, uh, you know, for permission to use your archival footage? And do you have any thoughts on uh, Halloween 2018? I know you said you like that mask. I remember that, and I love that mask as well. Right. I do. I, I love the Halloween 2018 mask. I really, really liked the movie as well. It scared the hell out of me, just like the original. I There are some scenes in it, for instance, the one where they're at the sanitarium or whatever it is, and they're all outside with the reporters, and they hold the mask up. That whole scene just totally creeped me out. It was really good. <laughs> And when he takes the mask out of the trunk, I love that one, too. Those are two of the ones that really stuck with me. And I also love the house, uh, Jay, uh, Jay, Jamie Lee's house, with all the doors that close and the kitchen island that twists around, all that kind of stuff. Right. I, I love architecture, so that that's pretty cool. But it was interesting that my agent, when he found me, he said, is it okay if uh, Blumhouse gets a hold of you because they've been looking for you just like I have because they wanted to use the archival footage in 2018, but they can't do that without your permission. So I said, okay, I didn't even know they were going to make a Halloween 2018, but okay. So, <laughs> so they got a hold of me. They were super nice. And not only did they reward me for letting them use the um, footage, but they invited my husband and I out to the premiere. So we got to walk the red carpet, which was just wow. unbelievably amazing. 
we had a great time. And so, yeah, that was, they said that if it had been like, if they had found me, if my agent had found me like two weeks later, it would have been too late because they were wrapping up the film. So I got snuck in there just like right at the last. So I was uh, really happy that happened. It was fun to see it in there. That's awesome. I'm I'm so excited for the the sequel to that one coming out this year, uh, Halloween Kills. I'm really excited for that one. Uh, Miss Sandy, I really appreciate you joining us. Uh, before we end the call, is there anything else you'd like to maybe shout out or plug, maybe your social medias or anything? Sure. Um, my social media, my Instagram is Unicorn Sandy J. Um, and the reason why I use Unicorn is because when my agent found me, he said that I was his unicorn. <laughs> I was this mythical, magical creature that he thought he would never see. And so he nicknamed me his unicorn. So that's why I have unicorn on all my um, website. My website is unicornsandyj.com and then unicornsandyj on Instagram. On Facebook, it is The Real Sandy Johnson. So I'm I'm on all of those almost daily. I try to visit with the fans as much as I can, mm-hmm. and, and uh, several photo shoots for them. I post a lot of the pictures from the photo shoots that I've done specifically for them. And I would like to thank my agent. He's awesome. He totally rocks. I wouldn't be here without him. And his name is uh, Rick and Reek. Just fabulous guy. Totally love him. So, yeah, I love the fans. Um, and now I have two new ones. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> appreciate. And I, I do hope to meet you guys. I have some cons coming up, flashback in Chicago. I have a Main Street uh, Shock Fest, I think it's called, in Pennsylvania, Waynesboro. I'm going to be in San Antonio at Six Flags in... August 5th through 8th, I think. It's going to be hot. (laughs) Okay, so, and I have several more. I just can't announce them yet. So it's going to be a good year of seeing fans. Absolutely. That's fantastic. And I just wanted to say one thing. I mean, I know Nico's gotten a chance to do this with uh, with one of our guests before as it related to him, but I haven't gotten a chance to, and I wanted to to take the opportunity to while I could, if you, if you didn't mind. I just, I wanted to just tell you that, Halloween, the first Halloween as a special place in my heart, just because, you know, my mom talked about it growing up and kind of got me into horror movies, just hearing about her going to the theater and her experience seeing that movie. And then, um, you know, her having the same sort of house, you know, and some stuff. And so it would creep her out as a little as a little girl. And so 20 years later was exactly 20 years, you know, when it, when Halloween H2O came out and I was old enough to finally go to the theater and sit down and, and watch basically the fo- the the follow up at that time to, you know, to the original Halloween. And uh, so, you know, it was it's 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 something that just always holds a special place in my heart. So I just wanted to to let you know that that the film that you were part of and that you made, you know, so special to everyone was was definitely something that was special to me as well. Well, thank you so much. It's so interesting that so many of the fans, especially the Halloween fans, they saw Halloween at a really young age, Mm -hmm. like six (laughs) to nine. And I'm just thinking, wow, I mean, I just I would have never guessed that. And it's that age group 
that seem to be the biggest fans, the like the real the ones that were really young. And I just I just find that really interesting. I would have never guessed that. Yeah, I don't know what that says about us, but you're absolutely right. It's interesting, isn't it? <laughs> well, it didn't work you guys too much because I certainly love you all. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And I uh, just want to remind everybody to uh, don't go out You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.